Rep. James Tallarico filed a bill that would raise the minimum pay for teachers to $70,000 a year so they no longer need a second job to make ends meet. It's a good thing because you should see Mrs. Frizzle's hair after she gets off her Cat Metro night shift. (laughs) Welcome to Over the Ledge Live, the podcast, the number one and some say only political satire show based solely on the Texas legislature. Due to popular demand, and I mean one demand from our one fan, (laughs) we're back with season two just in time for the 87th Texas legislature, which convened on Tuesday, January 12th. Over the Ledge gives you a behind-the-scenes look at the shenanigans of the Texas legislature by decoding political headlines and legislators' behavior into easy-to-understand mom jokes. We're just as funny, but not as famous. Yet. Did you see the feature of Over the Ledge on Spectrum News earlier this month? We've seen some things, and so can you. Check it out on our Facebook page. Let's meet our guest tonight. First up, Aaron hails from the crown jewel hidden in the mesquite trees, Kingsville, Texas. Aaron Salinas has been hooked on making people giggle since he first made a fart noise with his hand in second grade. He is an award-winning actor, writer, and director. He enjoys working on his movie podcast with his friends and petting dogs once the opportunity arises. Please welcome Aaron Salinas. What's happening, everybody? Uh, I uh, recently got into roller skating, so I'm really digging Earth, Wind, and Fire. I feel like I'm really late to the party, <laughs> but I let me tell you what: "Let's Groove" is damn near the most perfect song. I agree, timeless. It's, ooh, <laughs> you have so better good. taste than I thought you did. I, there is not a single dud on any of their albums. No, I agree. Um, and. Thank you, Aaron. And up next, Boston-based but Virginia-born. She teaches kindergarten. She does queer comedy. She does it all while looking fine. Please welcome Rachel Dunbar. Hello. Welcome, Rachel. Hi. Um, I, I I don't know. I didn't write that. So um, whoever told me I looked fine, uh, thank you. <laughs> we all agreed that. We took a vote. Mm-hmm. That was the word we chose. So. Unanimous. Yep. Just fine. <laughs> all right next our very special guest for this episode you may know him from hits like our pollsters analyze how texans feel about vaccines elections and police or texas voters say they believe vaccines work some of them still won't get a covid 19 shot and my all-time favorite why texans why (laughs) our special guest is dr jim r henson welcome jim Thanks for having me. I, and, and thank you, Aaron. I'm, now I'm just going to have serpentine fire in my head for the rest of the night. <laughs> Bangers, man. <laughs> I, I agree. There are worse things. Finally, we have the creator and the ruler of the Over the Ledge Empire who needs no introduction, Stephanie, a solid seven, Chiarello. <laughs> I didn't write that. I wrote that. <laughs> Somebody else said six. I was like, come on. When I wash my hair, I get Who at least said seven. that? I Benedict. <laughs> Never. All right. I'm super excited to be here and that we're doing Over the Ledge during a legislative session. So everything we talk about will be timely. Would you like to know what's happening in the Texas legislature? Yes, I'd please. love to. I thought so. All right. Although Texas still averages 200 deaths a day from COVID, Governor Greg Abbott decided to reopen the state 100%. What are the chances this had anything to do with distracting from his winter storm failure? 100%. (laughs) In response to critiques that he would open the state, but not the governor's mansion, Tour slots suddenly became available and sold out immediately on Wednesday. They sold to a single buyer who looked suspiciously suspiciously like Greg Abbott in a wig. Because, <laughs> you know, he wants to open the state, but not his own house. So he. I really hope it. it was like a Goldilocks wig, too, like with like the really tight blonde curls. Really but he looks exactly hair. the same. Totally. Exactly like him. All right. State Rep. Matt Schaefer announced a proposed constitutional amendment to protect Texans' right to use human decision-making while driving. 
So think about Elon Musk and self-driving cars. No word yet on if he'll propose a constitutional amendment to protect us Texans from certain human decision makers. Looking at you, Greg Abbott. Speaking of Greg Abbott, one House <laughs> proposal would give a special committee oversight over the governor's pandemic orders. We're seeing lots of concerns about Abbott's growing powers. What powers? Is he Marvel's newest supervillain in Sincero? Jane Grey hair? <laughs> oh no, I think he's Storm. He's not cool enough to be Halle Berry. No, I think it should be the in reboot. He's just I think rebooted. It should be pronounced in Cicero. Cicero. Oh, that, that's in too fancy for him, though. In Cicero. That's what I mean. <laughs> All right, staying on the topic, Greg Abbott visited the border this week and announced the beginning of Operation Lone Star, which will deploy more resources from the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Texas National Guard to address issues on the border. I don't know how I feel about this name choice. Operation Lone Star sounds like a name for a college frat party where there are like 30 dudes shotgunning beers while three girls watch. On second thought, I think it explains the mission perfectly. <laughs> yes. All right. I think you've noticed that's five Greg Abbott jokes in a row. That's to honor the five million people who were without oh. power during the election fraud, abortion, Steve Adler, illegal immigrants, homeless crisis. I'm sorry. I mean, the fucking winter storm that killed dozens of folks. Mm. ERCOT CEO Bill Magnus was fired last week and is now owed more than $800,000 in severance pay because he was, and I quote, terminated without cause. You've got to be shitting me. He declined to accept the money, but seriously, terminated without cause? Apparently, no one is to blame for the winter storm except Texans themselves, who should have remembered to turn their lights off when no one was home. My mom's been telling me for years, so I guess it mm -hmm. finally caught up to me. Yep. A University of Texas committee investigating the history of the eyes of Texas says the school song was not written with racist intent, but acknowledges that its first public performance was likely by performers in blackface during a minstrel show. This reminds me of Governor Cuomo admitting he told female staffers that her ass looked great and that if she didn't come over for dinner, she'd be fired, but insisted he had no sexual harassment intent. Millions of Texans still don't have broadband internet access and legislators are planning to fix it by giving everybody's phone number and mailing address to Spectrum's cable marketing department. Another representative introduced a bill that would punish abortion with the death penalty Rep. Brian Slayton would like to remind everyone, if he can't have sex, no one can. <laughs> is that true? That's not yeah. true. Yes, this is true. It's true. The man can't have sex. <laughs> <laughs> also, None. that there is a bill that if you perform or have an abortion, you may be killed. Oh, and wait. finally, okay. Matthew McConaughey announced he's thinking about running for governor. Yes. I can already see. I know. <laughs> I can already picture the Magic Mike theme campaign poster. Don't tease us. I'm oh, sorry. She's what picturing it. Yeah. What was I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And that's what's going on in Texas. Back to you, Amy. Stephanie, that was. That yes, happened. <laughs> okay, audience, let me tell you how this podcast works. Our two guest comedians, Aaron Salinas and Rachel Dunbar, are competing against each other for the coveted Most Knowledgeable Comedian in Austin Award. This award is given to the comedian who knows the most about Texas politics, according to the games on our show. Stephanie, please show the award. Excuse me one moment. <laughs> This is at the same part every time. How does she just not keep it's it near? It's gonna her? be. It's worth the wait. There we go, Rachel. That looks pretty good, doesn't it? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> wait, you put it. Show it up. Hold it up again. It's beautiful. Did yeah. you make it yourself, or? <laughs> yes, I did. I made it using the wood from a gavel from the seventh session. <laughs> That's a, a gavel, definitely not a bowling pin. 
Oh no, this is a gavel. It's well worn. And uh two women legislators with the balls of the male legislators in their hands. Awesome. There's a lot going on on that trophy. Yep. <laughs> Layer there are layers. Hey, yep. Pack that trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever wins it also gets a picture of themselves with this our special guest Dr. Jim Henson. Dr. Henson will also post on social media the picture and the announcement that the winning comedian is most knowledgeable comedian in Austin. Did we ask Mr. Dr. Henson if he's okay with this? No, we did oh. not. I'm happy to do that. Thank you. Happy. All right. As always, comedians can ask our special guest for help a total of three times a piece between the two games that they play. And Jim, please feel free to jump in at any time, but please don't give us a pop quiz on anything. The pop quizzes. We're going to open things up with what is reportedly Stephanie's favorite game, tweets or twasn'ts. Her second favorite game is reaching the end of Bumble without finding a match. Here's how it works. So, <laughs> true story twice uh, twice is there a trophy for that or <laughs> she just says score at the end <laughs> okay here's how it works stephanie is going to read you a tweet and you decide if it's a tweet dr henson really tweeted it or it wasn't we made it up we're still working on a copyright ellen she stole our game she did we're so popular She's so mean. <laughs> okay, Stephanie, you want to? I'm ready. Away? Okay. I'll keep score. Okay, so tweet or twasn't. Here we go. Rachel, you're the um, new guest. You get to go first. All you have to do is tell me, did he tweet it or twasn't it tweeted? <laughs> All right. You got to work on our verbiage for this one. Careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real sticky territory here. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Tweeter twasn't. Yeah, what a week. Two words. Wanda vision. So I'm trying to figure out if um Dr. Henson here tweeted that. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm looking and at Dr. Henson. You get to ask them three times in the both games if for help. All right. I'm looking at Dr. Henson here. He's got a nice smile. He looks like he's pretty well read. Got some Chotskys back there on his on his <laughs> uh, bookshelf there. Um, you know what? I think he is all about the fun. I'm gonna go tweet. It was a tweet. Yay! You wanna yeah. give us any background, Jim? Yeah, there's actually there's there are actually clues in the background. I thought you were gonna oh. find evidence. If you, I don't want to like pull my headphones and just go running over there and pull the whole thing down <laughs> but if you see the little green thing over this shoulder that's a little statuette of a a kind of homunculus version of the incredible hulk that i've had since i was about 10 oh, oh. so it's a marvel comics cue so yes i did do that all right are you and ready, love division what can i say it, it it's it's honestly probably mcu's best work i think yeah i think so too yeah and now we are like, seriously, we, we went from zero to geek in no time. <laughs> that was like, that took no time at all. Oh, wait till you see our interview questions. Okay. <laughs> Tweeter twasn't Aaron. One of my students wrote a paper and quoted Mumford and Sons and I just can't. <laughs> oh man. I hope <laughs> it's Austin. So it's a real possibility, dude. Um, <laughs> But he could try and fake us out. He could be like, well, no. Oh, okay. I'm going to say, I want to I'm going to go bold. I'm going to say twasn't. I think it's a different band. You're correct. It wasn't. I made that up. What? Oh, but give it. us a story if you got one. Well, I would have, you know, I, I, agree, I, I agree with the sentiment wholeheartedly <laughs> in terms of my view of Mumford and Sons. Um, but I, I, you know, a lot of people that, that teach college, like to tweet about their students and they you know, and it kind of bugs me actually. It's like a thing. It's like, it almost inevitably goes down to like, Oh, my students are such a pain in the ass or, Oh, my students, this, and I just, I don't do it. I think it's not the right thing to do. You know, Dr. Henson, I'm an educator as well. I teach uh, kindergarten, uh, uh -huh. the office. <laughs> <laughs> They're not quoting Mumford and Sons. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I, I totally feel you on that. 
not yeah, I mean, I think I think it's like yeah. you know, I think it's I think it's mean to tweet bad, you know, condescending Those things about kids. Conversations, yeah, it's you not. have in the teachers' lounge. I've heard about them. Yeah, right, I mean, Rachel. I'm not saying I'm not saying a judgmental thought has never crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's that would be impossible, but no, it's not right. Okay, uh, Rachel. Yeah. Kathy asked me to pick up dinner. I brought home Taco Bell. Now I'm sleeping on the couch. Bad choice. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Uh. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So, oh, now I'm looking at the bookshelf. Is there any? <laughs> are there any little hot sauce packets back there? <laughs> or a rolled up sleeping bag? Or. <laughs> Uh, I'm guessing since there's a, a lack of uh, hot sauce packets or a sleeping bag, I'm going to say it wasn't. Correct. It wasn't. Uh, what I would really like is he looks like way too smart to do that, but I, I appreciate it was a hard, it was a really hard call. <laughs> but I will say that Cappy actually likes crispy tacos from Taco Bell every once in a while. No. Although, she's know, when she's I say every there. once in a while, I mean... Every once in a while, not, I mean, not on Valentine's Day. If if I'm not, you know, I've I've been, you know, like you know what? Today was a rough week. Let's just add to it. I'll I'll get a couple of crispy tacos. I don't mind it, you know. <laughs> I indulge in some trash time and time and time, you know. 50-50 shot, they'll actually be crispy. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> you like to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Aaron. I can't say this word. Uh, Salinas. Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Thank you. That is Holy strong shit. in this one. She's a teacher. Oh, Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Okay. That is strong in this one. See, I'm going to go the opposite of what he said. He that That's a hard word, and that looks like a smart man. So I'm gonna say it was a tweet because I guarantee you that's that's too many syllables for Aaron Salinas. That's <laughs> it was a tweet. I don't know what it was about. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, you know, I'm trying to remember. I that's one of my you know that's actually one of my favorite things, which is you know to take pleasure in the suffering of others. <laughs> but, it's a German word, yeah. Yes, but to note, but but to note that, and I'm, I, I honestly can't remember what it was. wasn't that long ago, though. I don't think. Was it during the storm? <laughs> no, it wasn't during the storm. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. It, it was probably on the text ledge stream. So it was probably okay. somebody making fun of somebody else and me enjoying that. <laughs> okay. Be Benedict, if you're listening, he's the intern who prepared most of this episode. Let me know in uh, in the Slack. Okay. What do we have? We've done four, right? Okay, Rachel? Two to two. Mm -hmm. Two to two. Oh, boy. I wonder if product placement payments would be declarable as campaign contributions. Product. Um, I wonder if product placement payments payments are declarable as campaign contributions campaign contributions i'm uh gonna go <laughs> he said look at the bookshelf See if i have any branded items in the back <laughs> well you already have the whole thing right yeah. <laughs> It's a marble property. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna put this beer in a can, so that I could do product placement for a friend of mine who brewed it and decided it was a bridge too far. Oh. Operation Lone Star. Um, I'm gonna go with a uh, tweet or twas or. It it's a tweet. Oh yeah. Nice. I don't know what it had anything to do with. Got to be Trump. I understand these might have been Trump. Twumps. 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 The twump tweet. The tweet. The twump tweet. Well, it's a sign that I tweet too much that you've now done two that I've done that I'm kind of like, yeah, I kind of remember doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. You guys have gotten them all right so far. Here we go, Aaron. Last year before COVID, I went out to concerts. 
Now I just listen to the alley cat sing in my backyard and I have to say, I kind of like it. Gosh. He's he's he he's stone faced, man. He's not giving me anything. Uh, you could ask him something. Nobody's asked him. I know, but I don't know what the next game is. That's true. You and, might need all three. And she's from the East Coast, so they're like notoriously smarter. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Ah, ah. I feel like that's a lot of characters, though. But I also am too lazy to actually count out how many that was. So I'm, but I also like how you were like, mm, no, uh. So I think it was a tweet. It wasn't. Ah, it was not. It was not. And I'm sorry. I have to read the next twasn't. That's the end of the game. But I really like this twasn't. I should have read it. Evan Smith just called me a pollster who wouldn't know a margin of error if I stepped on it with my bare feet. I told him he wouldn't know journalism if it was tattooed on his forehead. Then I woke up Mondays. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. All right. How did they do, Amy? It's close to reality, too. <laughs> it has some truth to it. <laughs> Yay. Um, Rachel is ahead. Three to two. Okay. Oh, let's see. Now it's time for game two. Okay. This is called Survey Says. Our guest, Dr. Jim Henson, is a pollster. No, Aaron, not an upholsterer. He wouldn't know a bias cut from a railroading. (laughs) But would know a voter's bias about the Railroad Commission. Um, survey sa- in survey says comedians will be asked a question that was on one of Jim's recent polls and they need to answer it. Okay. Any questions, Aaron or Rachel? So it's like survey says like family feud kind of, or it is, but it's multiple choice. Okay. All yeah. right. So they just have to give an answer. How to what's right and wrong. Well, you're the pollster. <laughs> I have the results from what your oh, poll I see, said. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Uh, let me ask one of the questions. I think you'll get it. And they don't forget, you can ask your guest for help here. Okay. Uh, he may Rachel's not remember, a- though. He might. I know. I'm sitting here trying to move my hands and open the last poll without anybody seeing. <laughs> okay, Aaron, you go first, since you are behind in the poll. <laughs> Real funny. Yeah, let's just make fun of the... Okay. All right. Which of the following issues did a plurality of Republicans voters say is the most important issue facing Texas in a February 2021 poll? Was it COVID-19, energy, immigration, or border security? You didn't put not enough guns, so I think it's going to be border security. Yes, correct. Okay. (laughs) Mm. Yes. I know my neighbors. <laughs> Most. If, if you if you're ever in this situation again and anybody asks you what Republicans think is the most important issue, no matter what the context, you should always say border security. It's <laughs> good to know. Dang. Oh, my state is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rachel. Mm-hmm. This one's a little wordy. In a oh, recent boy. poll of gambling preferences, of all Texans supported allowing full casino gambling in Texas. But generally speaking, religious Texans were less likely to support gambling than the less religious ones. The poll broke down the respondents down into three categories based on their religious views. Three of these four are correct. So which one is not one of the main religious views? A, the Bible is the actual word of God and is to be taken literally, word for word. B, the Bible is the word of God, but only the words of Jesus should be taken literally. C, the Bible is a book written by men and it is not the word of God. Or D, the Bible is the word of God, but not everything in it should be taken literally, word for word. So I'm, I'm, which is not is what I'm looking for. Right. So, you know, religion gets in the way of gambling. The pollster said these are the three major groups of these religious people. They think these things. One of these four is not one of the ways the poll described the Bible. I don't, 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Actual word of I'm God. A, I'm, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to. I'm going to ask that question in a way that's easier to understand. Okay. Thank you. We give people four options, or we give people three options in how they view the Bible. She's mm-hmm. read you four. One of them is one we don't use. Okay. This is why he's the wordsmith. So this is the. Uh, these are the options that they're given. Men and. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very wordy. This is a very is strange a very... experience for me to hear. Feel somebody parsing this question. <laughs> it speaks volumes how you're boiling it down to these words. Yeah, God, Jesus, men. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I know Texans. You know, uh, there's not much I would put past them. And to be Thank honest, you. um, I'm gonna go with the one that uh, is not is the um. That's me between that. I don't take it as seriously. And you can the... ask Jim, he will tell you. You can you have three chances to ask him, and you only have three questions in this game. So I highly recommend using your phone a friend. Yeah. You know, this is a really tough one. So uh Jim. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Me. It was making me feel upset to watch you <laughs> run your hands through your hair like that. <laughs> it's like, whoa, wait, it's a game. Um uh, the Jesus one is not the right, is not in the question. Okay. So if you think about it, what we're trying to do is figure out just how we call that our literalism item. And it's a nice mm-hmm. stand in for getting evangelical, you know, the most evangelical of, you know, because you ask people how often the, the standard ways of doing this, or you ask people how often do they go to church um, or you ask them how important religion is in their lives. You know, people, you know, they kind of fudge that. And Mm -hmm. this one, you really get an interesting view of just how intense people's evangelical, you know, evangelical views are. Mm -hmm. So So, like the Bible is written by men. Yeah. Yeah. And so you get, so you get, you know, the secularists all say, Hey, look, this whole thing is just made up. And then Mm -hmm. you got people that are kind of moderately religious. You say, no, this is the word of God, but we're not, you know, some time has passed. And then people that say what that we, that we often refer to as biblical literalists, we just say, yeah, it's all got to take it all exactly as written. Okay. Those cool. people are terrifying. Okay. Right. <laughs> Welcome to Texas. A recent poll asked Texans to identify whose armed forces won the Battle of the Alamo in 1836. The results were more surprising than you think. So who actually won the Battle of the Alamo? A, the Republic of Texas. B, the United States of America, C, the Confederate States of America, D, Mexico. I have said many a times that uh, I learned about uh, Texas history through song. So for 13 days in San Antonio, a small group of Texans held the Alamo and uh, Mexico beat them. Okay, thank you. That's what we got to remember them. And you yeah. got to sing. And I got to sing. Take that, college theater director. Burn. <laughs> All right, 28% of people said the Republic of Texas, FYI. There That's are so here, many Rachel. movies, and it's like a mandated field trip for all Texans. How do you not know? No, it's because it's that little bitty thing in the middle of San Antonio, which actually I noticed the other day. I was looking at the Capitol, I guess, for my 35 and just like all the cranes. And I was like, oh, my goodness, the Capitol is just like the Alamo now. Like, it's just this little bitty Mm -hmm. piece of land. Ripley's is going to open up next to it. There's going to be a churro stand on the corner. (laughs) Which that wouldn't be bad. I don't mind it. I would like that. Okay, Back to you, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Marijuana use expansion has been a hot topic recently for the Texas Ledge, given the budget shortfall during COVID. Which of the following policies did Texans give a plurality of support for in a recent poll? A, marijuana should never be legal. B, marijuana should only be legal for medical purposes. C, possession of small amounts of marijuana for any purpose should be legal. D, possession of any amount of marijuana for any purpose should be legal. All right, so we went from a spectrum of no marijuana to yay marijuana, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, 
internally just the we call it the show. let it roll option. <laughs> I like it. Um, knowing where little I know about Texas, I can't imagine they're in the yay marijuana camp. I gotta go. I gotta go with the A, the no more, no roll. Good, good try. Actually, we're more progressive. Possessions of small amounts for any purpose should be legal. Thirty-two okay, percent, well, and another twenty-eight percent said any amount. So, if you're good at math, sixty percent of people support marijuana. Oh, wow. oh, and if you're bad at math, a hundred percent. Well, most Texans don't even know who won the Alamo. <laughs> Yeah, we're, yeah. we're awful. We're... Yeah. All right, great. Fun topic back to you, Aaron. Abortion <laughs> is a consistently polarizing issue in the Texas legislature. Recently, a state rep even filed a bill that would make women and doctors involved in abortions eligible, as if it's like, wee, eligible for the death penalty. Uh, but not the man who got her pregnant. We need to amend that bill. In the most recent poll by the Texas Polling Project, a plurality of Texans supported which of the following statements about abortion? So a plurality of Texans. A, it should always be permitted. B, permitted in cases other, permitted in cases other than rape, incest, danger to the mother permitted in cases of rape, incest, or danger to the mother, or never permitted? This one's tricky because Texas is Texas. So I, uh, I'm i gonna I'm gonna call on Jim, Jim. I, yeah, and hold on, do call on Jim, but Jim, why would somebody say it should be I, I think, permitted I think, in case, yeah. I don't think the options on that are right. Okay, Benedict. Now, I don't wanna get Benedict in trouble, I mean. It's, a, it's okay. He deserves it. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to reword and answer for Rachel? Um, for I'd, Aaron. I'd have to look at the for question Aaron. to look at the exact wording, but the, the I, I think the plurality response is it's, it's very evenly divided. I want to say it's the second, it's rape incest only, I believe. Oh. But I might be wrong about that. I am going to cheat now. Right. Now a word from our sponsor. I have my own lifeline <laughs> <laughs> because test. I'm sitting at my computer. We can have Aaron sing while you. That's yeah, right. sing, sing, sing your abortion song, Aaron. Oh God, what? No, <laughs> that that is not an EP. That is not a song. That is nothing. Uh, for yeah. 13 days. You know what? Time. Actually, I this is another one of those progressive things. The plurality is actually should always be permitted. Thirty-eight percent. No way. Really? See, that's where I was confused because I feel like Texans are pretty progressive. Even like the the yeehaws in in North Texas, I feel like they're pretty progressive. But I feel like um, the people under the dome that represent the red are just like too culty about their views and, and they don't really speak for their constituents. Yeah, I'm I, off I, you know, the, the trick here is that obviously Democrats and Republicans are very, very different and it's lopsided. Yeah. So, you know, 64% of Democrats believe uh, abortion should always be available and 47% of Republicans, which is what I was thinking, uh, only in cases of rape and incest. Uh-huh. Rape, incest, and danger to the life of the woman. And the other other fifty three percent of Republicans say never. Uh, no, they're they're the only about twenty percent of twenty twenty. Usually, it's around twenty twenty one percent between twenty and twenty four percent of Republicans say never. It's between a fifth and a quarter, pretty consistently. It's not the majority position among Republicans. Huh. Interesting. Are you listening, Greg? Abbott, I'm talking about Greg Abbott. I know he listens to the show. Okay, final question, Rachel. I know he yes. Okay, you guys are neck and neck. Neck and neck. I okay. know you want that trophy. Whew. All right. COVID-19 and its seriousness has proven to be a divisive partisan issue. Mm-hmm. In the most recent poll, how big was the difference in seriousness between the Democrats and the Republicans? So the the difference between the two, 
69%. Nice. 42%. 25%. Or 59%. Um, wait, can you read that out again? The question and the answers. The, yeah, no, the, 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 the answer options. 69. Yeah, Aaron, 42. Woo, last time I had sex, 25 <laughs> or 59. I remember that's the difference between like, maybe Jim needs to explain like, Democrats take it 98% seriously and Republicans take it 10%. So the difference would be that 78%. Okay. Mm. And you can phone a friend if you. All right. Um, I know I have two other two other chances, right? To this is the last question. If she gets it, that they'll be tied, and you'll have to come up with some sort oh, of. Okay, I do have a tiebreaker. Thank you, Benedict. You are redeemed. Okay. <laughs> so we, I either lose or tie. So I, I might as well. Hey, well, that's Texas politics. It, she has a she has a tiebreaker <laughs> though. You could still run away with that trophy. Yeah. <laughs> But then I, I still have another question that I can ask, right? Yes, you yes. still have one you have that you can, yeah. All right. Um, Jim, uh, mind helping me out here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't mind. So the way that the question, we ask the question is we ask people, how serious do you think the coronavirus is? And we say, do you think it's a significant crisis, a serious problem, but not a crisis, a minor problem and not a problem at all? And so I think with this question, the answer would be 59% because about 85% of Democrats say it's a significant crisis. Only 26% of Republicans say the same. That's on brand. Yeah. <laughs> that's wow, brand. that's crazy still. That's well, I'm not here to say people are crazy. I'm not that kind of doctor. No. Uh -huh. It's very notable though. <laughs> That's I, our okay. job. What we say when it, what we say in public is it's it's a notable difference. <laughs> <laughs> what he means is it's fucking bonkers that people even think that. <laughs> I've got to start saying that when I think you know what there's a notable difference between your version of reality and mine. Okay, good job. Fifty nine percent. You said we have a tie. We have a tie between the two games. It's five to five. Okay, here's the tiebreaker. I actually have two questions, so it's sudden. It's not sudden death, right? Okay. Aaron, many Republicans have used claims of voter fraud to justify passing more restrictive voting measures. Texans gave a plurality of support for which of the following positions on voting laws? That we need more strict voting laws, less strict voting laws, left as they are now, what are voting laws? <laughs> I'm going to say more. Hold on. When was this poll taken? <laughs> uh, Recently. February. February. Oh, then yeah. Uh, uh, more strict. Do you have any lifelines left? <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> already answered. They are now. Left oh, are now. dang it. Okay, Rachel, if you get this right, you win. Okay. The topic of defunding the police has been controversial, and recent polls show that the, uh, the issue is divergent within the Democratic Party between white liberals and non-white Democrats. Identify the following correct statement describing how their views divergence is true. You can see that Benedict is not right. Questions for polls. Okay, let's just, let's just see what happens. White Democrats are more supportive of increasing police funding than non-white Democrats. Okay. White Democrats are more supportive of decreasing police funding than non-white Democrats. Oh, non-white Democrats are more supportive of decreasing police funding than white Democrats. White Democrats are more supportive of keeping funding the same than non-white Democrats. Jim, would you like to help? us frame this better <laughs> yeah i think you should just say hey i'm gonna have a lifeline and then there'll be another tie and we'll flip a coin or something <laughs> oh no it won't <laughs> oh, be it won't me. be another tie <laughs> oh, okay because yeah it's i i couldn't even keep track of that but the bottom line what the question is getting at is we ran we wrote a piece about this i think last week or early this week or late last week my colleague and i josh blank 
that when you go and you start breaking down, we didn't ask people because it would be stupid. Like <laughs> you support defunding the police, but we say, do you think you should spend more or less or about the same kind of like the other strictness question. And what really came out of that, that was, that was most interesting to us is if you look at Democrats, people of color are for the most part in Texas, not in favor of decreasing police spending. Oh, where you see the most support for decreasing funding police budgets is among white liberal Democrats. And that's really who pushed that, you know, where the, a lot of the energy for that position came from. That's and that, really surprising to me. Um, I, there's a noticeable difference. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think it's not, I mean, you know, you have to kind of unpack, we did a, a bunch of different questions, but we were interested in, you know, and, and, and really, in general, very few people want to reduce police budgets when you ask them. Democrats are more <laughs> likely to want to keep it the same and a little more likely to want to reduce those budgets. But there's not a groundswell among any any group for saying, hey, we'd like to spend less on policing uh, in our communities. And it gets even more complicated when you ask people, do you feel safe in your community? Um, most people feel very safe in their community, but the people that feel safe seem a bit more interested in increasing spending enable in order to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So the attitudes are a lot more complicated than I know it's shocking that it, they appeared in the campaign in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How did we do Amy? Okay. It looks like Rachel is our winner by one point. Congratulations. It's okay, Aaron. It's okay. Okay. I'm going to hold this up and then uh, Jim and Rachel look real excited and Mariah takes a picture. Okay. But she, Did she get it. it? Can I take a picture so. with a loser too? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> I also want to, I also should, I also want to say after that game that I was saying that they got the wording of that abortion question wrong and they did not. But if you think about the way that it reads on the page, you mm. ask people rape, incest, and threat to the life of the mother only, and then cases beyond that, and it kind of notches it up, and then whenever, and then it's completely up to the woman. So if you kind of look at it laid out, it does make sense. So I kind of said, I think he got that wrong, and he did not. I just want to be oh. fair to the person that wrote that question. Okay, Benedict, put put a credit back Sorry, on Benedict. your credit. Yeah, he's all right. He's still on thin ice because I lost. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. Now it's time to meet our very special guest, Dr. Jim Henson. Jim teaches in the Department of Government at the University of Texas at Austin and directs the Texas Politics Project, a collection of endeavors designed to encourage informed interest and engagement in Texas politics and government. He co-founded and co-directs the University of Texas, Texas Tribune Poll, the longest running survey of public opinion in Texas. He also writes about politics for the Texas Tribune and other publications. And he's a frequent resource for news media researchers, civic and interest groups on Texas politics and government. Yeah, Comedy shows. And, com and this is now your for second, comedy shows. <laughs> your second appearance. Thank you very much. Uh, we always do an extra thank you for sticking around through those games, but I think it was really uh, fascinating to have you explain the polls to us as mm -hmm. we did them. So thank you very much. It was fun for me. <laughs> well, us too. I think I've never been asked a poll. I've never been called, but I think it's because my voting record is pretty clear. You know, that that shouldn't exclude you, but, oh, so but I mean, personal. if you think about it, there's, you know, we call 800, you know, or contact if we use the internet you know, 800, 1,000 people at a time, there's 29 million people in Texas, you know, however many, 18, 20 million adults, you know, probability wise, it doesn't really mean much that, you never, that you've never been contacted, even though people get very angry at me because, <laughs> and tell me our stuff must be wrong because we didn't call them. Because <laughs> we never asked them. It's, it's, one, it's like a joke among people that do polls. It's like, Oh. So how long did it how long did it take you for somebody to say they didn't get called and so your poll is bullshit? How long did it take you? <laughs> well, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what you do. Uh you do polls, you ask people questions, and then you present them as facts. What is that like in a world right now where we don't take facts too seriously and people often lie on polls? 
Well, those are there's like three questions in there. So, uh -huh. you know, what it's like is I'm not the writer of poll <laughs> questions, okay? Well, you know, what it you know, what it's like is um you know, increasingly contentious in the I don't know, 15 or so years I guess I've been doing this. Um and I you know, you put your finger on something interesting and 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 in a, you know, real issue. I mean, on one hand, you know, you're constantly ready for somebody to tell you that, you know, what you're doing doesn't mean anything or is wrong or is stupid or, you know, can't can't possibly work. Um, and so you spend a lot of time kind of trying to explain how you do things. And that's, you know, it's okay. I mean, there's a lot worse things one could have to do than that. Um, you know, but, you know, if you ask me what it's like, um, you know, over the last you know, four or five years as evidence-based argument has kind of become much more difficult, particularly across people of different partisan persuasions, or even in a political world that's really highly contentious. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's become, it's become harder to kind of get people to sit down and kind of listen and, and reason you know, the, the notion of, hey, let, can we sit down and, and reason together? The answer to that's often no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Does that on. answer your question, Stephanie? Yes, and I do want to still thank you for your work because I still believe in you and your work, even though you haven't called. Well, you know, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess the way that I, you know, the better way to, to how I explain that is I've got a picture on the wall here over here it was in my office at UT because I haven't been there in a while I brought it home um and it's a folk artist and Harry Underwood that does pencil writes on these paintings he does but across the top it says uncertainty makes me feel more certain <laughs> and that really is the kind of underlying principle here I mean I was going to kind of pick up and I guess I will on the fact you know you know we present polling as facts and Typically, I mean, the thing that's most important, I think, for us to do and what we failed to do and which has gotten us as a as a people that do polling in a jam is that, you know, all we're, you know, we're always dealing with uncertainty. Everything we do is, you know, involves probability and a degree of uncertainty. That margin of error is real and matters. And it's a matter of reminding people that we're not telling you like, yes, this is the fact. This is exactly how things are. It's you know, we went out, we we talked to people, you know, Aaron was asking when we were in the field. We talked to people for a week in February. This is what they told us. Uh, this is how we added up. It could be different tomorrow. Some of those people could be could feel differently the next day. Now, luckily for us, most attitudes don't change that much and people don't feel that moved to lie about them to the extent that people feel like they they're going to shade their answers this kind of survey research has been going on for a long time where, you know, we kind of have a good sense of where to expect that more or less, but that's, you know, that's probably the bottom line. It's an exercise in navigating uncertainty, not trying to persuade people that we have quote unquote, the facts. I like that navigating uncertainty. I don't know if you can answer this cause I know you need to stay neutral, but my understanding is that no, Greg Abbott. Dick. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. You didn't say his name before I said. I didn't. That. You're right. But wait till I edit. <laughs> but that. it works so well. <laughs> um, my understanding is that he almost doesn't make a decision or take a policy stance without doing significant polling, and I don't understand. I don't know if that's true. He does not return my calls. Why? I don't you know. really have I some tried... phone contact issues. I do. Maybe it's not on. How do you? Um, but I, I don't understand. In my mind, he has already alienated the far left, the moderate left, maybe the moderate right. And then recently with his work shutting businesses down during COVID, he really seems to have alienated that TPPF Freedom Caucus base. You make what it sound like nobody likes him. Well, what could possibly, what information could he possibly have gotten that said, you pissed all these people off, but all you have to do is get rid of the mask mandate and that will be enough people to help you. I mean, I, I don't think the math is there. Do you, can you give me any well, insight? Yeah. Into I mean, I, you know, I think, um, you know, for one thing, I mean, I, you know, Greg Abbott remains pretty popular among Republicans, but you know, he's, there is a sector of the Republican Party that he is 
has you know been has been critical of him, particularly through the COVID, um, through the COVID crisis for the last year, um, and his the intensity of his support among Republicans has declined a little bit, but he remains still pretty popular. I mean, his favorability ratings among Republicans are still mm-hmm. the high seventies, low eighties. Um, so I think that you know it's easy to think that what he's done is deeply unpopular with Republicans. And again, he has had some criticism and his numbers are not as high as they are. But the the bottom line here is that partisanship still drives an enormous amount of people's assessments of political leaders. And so you're right, you know, in that, you know, Greg Abbott's numbers among Democrats are pretty uniformly bad, except for, interestingly enough, to what you're saying, in our April poll, just as the, the the coronavirus was setting in, and they actually, you know, the, the Abbott administration acted decisively at that point and did close things down and did, you know, his numbers went up slightly among Democrats. So people are responding to some of that. Um, I think that's neither here nor there on what he's done this week with the mask mandate. I mean, you know, 80% of Republicans say they're wearing masks when we ask them. Mm. Now, now, some of that may be an overestimate. There may be a little bit of what we call social desirability in there. And I'm but sorry, I actually are they don't wearing think... COVID masks? Yeah, yeah, not Halloween. <laughs> yes, or yes. I think um, emotional masks. And, and so I think that the, you know. <laughs> okay. I, I think there's a real question. I mean, there's still a real question of, you know, that goes to politics. And I think what you're kind of getting at here a little bit implicitly um, about why they thought the mask lifting the mask mandate was necessary, you know, and I think, you know, the longer conversation that I think has a lot more to do with the outcome of the 2020 election in Texas and, and Republican leaders, including the government thinking about Republican primaries. Thank you. Let's, I've done some research and talked to some of your friends. Okay. I understand that you worked at Skateway. I did. That was. And you were a DJ. <laughs> as well as the floor guard. Which I had to learn how to skate to do. (laughs) So it's an even more dramatic story than you're making it sound. I'm just seeing Fast Times at, uh, what is that movie? Richmond High. Yes, that's what I'm picturing you and your your, your colleagues. What? My um, colleagues at Skateway, yes. (laughs) Yes. What? What three songs would you use today to DJ the Texas Ledge? Today? Oh, wow. That's a... Um, it doesn't have to be today's songs. Just, you know, what three songs come to mind if you were to DJ the Texas Ledge? Um, well, you know, I, I wouldn't want to do any slow skates. So all of those <laughs> songs would be out. Um, I guess the rain. I shouldn't <laughs> sing it too loud. But that's yeah, what I remember know. skating to. Maybe Prince's Let's Go Crazy. Okay. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be one. Um, you know, just because we brought it up and I'm, and I'm, I'm reaching here, you know, I think Serpentine Fire would actually be good for the Texas legislature, <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, and then I'd probably, <laughs> I'm just going to say this, even though I shouldn't, then I'd probably do Iggy Pops, I Want to Be Your Dog. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, guess. <laughs> That's right. You won. You won the best guest. <laughs> I had no idea. I, I was bringing up skates because I'm literally learning again. I didn't know this was going to come full circle. <laughs> I really yeah. didn't. We're trying to keep everything connected here. Yeah, huh. yeah I, was, I was 17 and I, and I got a, a bunch of my friends worked at the skating rink. I got a job working there just initially just putting away skates. You can't see in this. I'm 6'4 and have, as I said my whole life, a probably below average sense of balance and coordination. <laughs> and yet I really wanted to be a DJ and to be a DJ, you had to be a skate guard first. So I fell down a lot. I still have a knee that's a little tricky from learning, to, kind of learning to skate. So I learned to skate so I could be a DJ. And then I got fired for not, for being at Denny's with the manager late one night and him saying it was time for me to get a haircut. And I told him I'd get a haircut when I got a raise. <gasps> I'm Next proud job, of you. bookstore. Will you please send me a photo of you from this time that we can use as we you know, I don't, this I, podcast? I, I don't know if I have any. I, okay. You know, who tells a DJ to cut their hair? 
Well, a guy who was kind of a turd. Sounds like it, man. (laughs) Okay, so you also wrote for your high school magazine. Yes. uh, Can you tell me... Now, was this in California or Texas? I don't really care. But what it was, was in the Cali- mo- it was in California. In California, what was the most controversial story you printed, and do you remember any pushback? Um, you know, I remember I wrote. I can't remember what it was about right now. I wrote some political op-ed you know, criticizing so-and-so as being, you know, right-wing something or other. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, I don't know. It's, I haven't thought about this in a long time. And my, my teacher who was really had a lot of influence on me was an, an older Jewish woman named Betty Blank, who like, you know, was editing the story before he put it and said, you know, you've got to, you've got to tone some of this down. Because, you know, they will be criticizing me. You don't know what it's like, you know, to be called like the Jew bitch at the high school. And, you know, I, it's, I hadn't thought about that in a long time, but it, was, it probably was a very early political experience about, you know, prejudice and discrimination and, you know, free speech being complicated. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to get her in trouble. That's beautiful. Oh, it's not very good for a comedy show. It's not a good comedy show story. Don't worry. We go up, we get serious, and then don't worry. We'll get back there. We're going to put a laugh track on that part you just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I also wrote a, cl- a review of The Clash's London Calling that a lot of the rock kids didn't like. I don't Why? Was it a positive review? Oh, yeah. No, I love that record. Okay. Just check. You know, the Van Halen fans weren't really getting it. <laughs> no. Okay, so I think this is going to be our final question, and I'm sorry. I know I said I wouldn't ask. I promised that I wouldn't make this comparison, yada, yada, yada. But you must hear it all the time already. No. <laughs> what is the name of your pet rock? <laughs> oh, wow. Somebody, uh, you know. I understand that I, you had one and other people were not allowed anywhere near it. I don't want to say I, I don't know that I, I may have inadvertently freed that pet rock as i recall and this <laughs> pet rock was you know this is what a sucker i was for commercialism at age 10 or 11 you know for those of you that remember the pet rock was actually a commercially sold product so somebody paid money for this i don't think it was me but the pet rock's name was waldo <laughs> oh, where is waldo yep she's gonna go right for it yes, I <laughs> there am. you go and I know I said that was going to be the last question, um, but I do have one more question, and this is totally personal. So what's um, after the pet rock? Okay, I'm I'm, I'm I'm waiting for this. <laughs> it's gonna you're gonna love it. Um, I love the way you and Kathy look at each other and talk about each other, and I just I want to know if it's true that you are this like crazy in love magical couple. And how did you do it? I mean, I just. The pictures I see of you holding, I just, I do. I get teary-eyed. Taco yeah. Bell dates. Taco <laughs> Bell dates. It's those Taco Bell dates. And skating. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's true. I think, you know, Kathy and I found each, found each other kind of late in life. Um, you know, we've been married, you know, it was our 10th anniversary during COVID. We were going to have a huge party and, of course, did not you know, in this past December. Um, you know, I think part of it is you know, we really hit it off and we're people that like and respect and, and have an enormously good time together. And everybody will say that about people they really care. But I think, you know, it's not all social media and we've worked at it, you know, pretty hard. You know, the other part of being two people that met late in life is like, you know, there wasn't going to be much changing of the other. And that means you wind up really having to, you know, confront the things that, you know, aren't all holding hands and pretty Instagram pictures and good trips. And, you know, we both worked really hard and I'm lucky because, you know, she's very smart and, you know, uh, has been, has been a real leader for us in a lot of times that I've really benefited from. Well, thank you. I do. I, I want someone to look at me the way she looks at you and you look at her. All right, Amy, take us home. All right. That's, that's some cute shit. I like that. Yeah, totally good. best guest. <laughs> and Kathy is hot. <laughs> I just want to get that yes. out. She is hot. 
Thank you so much to Aaron and Rachel, our champion, and our over-the-ledge benevolent empress, Stephanie Chiarello. Thank you, Dr. Jim Henson, for taking time to talk to us. Thank you to Mariah Gossett for recording us and making us sound really good. And to our head correspondent intern who worked on tonight's show, Benedict Parts, with assistance from Caitlin Moe and Jocelyn Berg. And that's our show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok as at Over the Ledge with no D. Freedom isn't free. It costs a buck oh five. So please consider supporting Over the Ledge with a contribution so we can keep edutaining you about the Texas legislature. You may come become a patron here, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash over the ledge with no D. Thank you. I understand we did get one contribution during the show. I'm going to only say her first name, Lucinda. Thank you very much. <gasps> 